are back for the 14th interview episode of Home at Advantage. I am Sam Herring, joined today by Kyle Snyder. He is a very special guest, and we're super excited to have him on today. Um, He's a multiple-time Fargo champion, four-time NCAA finalist, including three years where he won it. He's a four-time world medalist with two years where he brought home the gold, and he's a 2016 Olympic champion. Now, if you didn't know all that, you've been living under some kind of a rock for the last, I don't know, five, ten years. So, um... Hopefully you'll learn a little bit about Kyle, as I did from this episode. Um, So yeah, so just sit back and enjoy. Hey Kyle, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, thank you for uh, coming on and giving us the chance to uh, get to hear from you. Um, So you're in State College right now? Yep. Yep. Yep, I'm in State College. I moved uh, October 12th, so I've been here about a week. About a week. Um, yeah. How are you liking it so far? It's been good. Yeah, training's been really good, and uh, yeah, getting adjusted to different different uh, training programs and stuff like that, but everything's been good. There any good Chipotles there in State College? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, I've been hitting it up a couple of chipotles out here but uh there's also another really good place called like roots natural kitchen it's similar to chipotle but i think it might be a little healthier so um um okay so let's let's get into kind of your wrestling and uh so first how did you get introduced to the sport and uh just when was that i started wrestling when i was five years old and i was always a aggressive kid and uh i liked fighting and uh just being rough and stuff like that with my brothers and uh different people so one of my dad's friends uh thought that i'd be good at wrestling and uh so they put me into wrestling and just wrestled from when i was five years old and now i'm still wrestling but i've been doing it for a while you plan to stay in it for how, how long you, you want to stay in wrestling? Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I'd like to compete for a long time. Um, we'll see. Whatever God wants me to do is what I'm going to do. But um, I'd like to wrestle for uh, another 10, 12 years, something like that. So I'm pretty young now. So hopefully Lord willing can continue to compete for a long time. So where did you start out? at the beginning of your wrestling career where where did that start what club i started wrestling with the warriors it's a club in carroll county maryland and then i just i bounced all over the place i wrestled uh for a team called the war hawks for most of my mm-hmm. middle school years i went to a club uh that colot ran i went to a club in mount airy with a great coach so i went to a lot of different places so um I'm going to get a little bit of um, pop culture here. Mount Airy is where they filmed the Andy Griffith show. I, I, I enjoy watching that. Um, so <laughs> I've actually wrestled with the Warhawks um, before. You they have? Maryland, yes, sir. So um, that, that's pretty cool. Wow, and wow. Uh, where, where, when was the progression where you started with Colette? When, when did you uh, first get there, and how did that come about? Yeah, he just ran a club, uh, you know, when I was 
in elementary, in elementary school, school, middle school, and even in part of my high school, he was running a club that was about 55 minutes from my house. So most of the good guys uh, from Maryland and Pennsylvania and Virginia would travel to his club and compete and train. So I think I start I started going when I was in middle school, and then I continued going in high school, and then Cola took the job at UNC, so he left, and the club kind of uh, stopped after that. But uh, how old were you when he left? I think I was maybe a sophomore in high school. Okay. Um, and then you left left to the OTC like two years after that, so you basically had him your whole youth career. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Not, when I was real young, I did, I wasn't going there, but yeah, middle school and early high school. Um, so did you immediately love the sport and, and just find that passion right away, or, or did it take you a little while? And if so, what sparked that passion? Yeah, it took me a little while. I mean, the, just probably like anybody, the first thing that I liked was that I was winning. So yeah. I was pretty good when I was younger for wrestling. I was bigger. So when I'd wrestle guys that were my age and my weight, I would do well against them. But when I'd wrestle guys that were older and the same weight as me, I'd struggle a little bit. Um, so I didn't like that as much. But I'd say when I was like eighth or ninth grade is when I really started to love the training aspect of it and um, just trying to become a better wrestler, learning more in different positions and challenging myself at practice and all that different stuff. I would say that kind of came along then, but there was a time when I really didn't like practice at all. I I went because my parents told me to, but I liked the competition aspect of it always. Um, what? So you said you really enjoyed winning later on. That that probably kept you in it, but you said seventh, eighth grade year, it kind of clicked for you. What was that click, and and why do you think that happened? Why do you think you started to enjoy the training aspect of the sport? I think I, I started traveling with um, some better teams and wrestling in better tournaments, and um, they were taking it more seriously, and they really liked training, and uh, I knew that high school was coming up, and I wanted to do well in high school, so I think it probably started with just the people that I was surrounded by and the coaches <clears throat> talking more about uh, – you don't love it it's going to be hard to improve so uh and i i liked it before the hand but i don't think i loved it but man that, that kind of just made sense to me and uh i want to try and be as good as i could be at it so definitely when, when it all started um what was your first big or, or national event where was that i think when i was in fifth grade i wrestled in the tulsa nationals in Oklahoma, yeah. It's a good one. Why? Yeah. Why did you go that? That's a long way from Maryland. What? What happened? Why did you decide to go to Tulsa? Yeah, I um, my I think my my grandpa, my pop up, and my dad, um, so they thought that I was pretty good, and they heard that this tournament was good, so they just wanted to see if I matched up with the probably the rest of the kids in the country who were around my age and weight, see how it went. So that's why they took me out there, probably. How did that go? I won. First year at Tulsa? Yep. That's that's pretty crazy. Um so right now 
the club scene in Maryland has kind of grown a lot, and um, you got all kinds of clubs in Maryland. They're they're becoming a pretty successful state. Um, and then now they just hired Coach Clemson from Missouri as a head coach at Maryland. Could you talk a little bit about the the growth in Maryland and kind of why you think that's kind of happened? Yeah, well, we've had uh, some success. Uh, Helen's been successful. I've been successful. Miles Martin wrestled in Maryland, and he's done really well collegiately. So maybe that sparked some uh, – Aaron Brooks is out here at Penn State, and he's tough, um, has done well on the junior level and stuff like that. So uh, Kurt McHenry has done well. And so maybe that sparked um, some more interest in the sport in Maryland. Uh, But honestly, I don't really know – too much about the whole club scene and stuff like that you know I know what's going on with the Warhawks because I wrestled with them for a long time and I go back to their club occasionally but I don't know what's going on with the other clubs but it's good you're the you're the you're probably more of an expert than I am so that's good to hear well um they they definitely are growing and becoming more of a power state that's for sure um then another thing about uh, kind of your youth youth career before high school I, I went to a camp where you were the clinician a couple of years ago, and um, you really seemed to stand out to me as someone who enjoyed working with kids um, more than the standard wrestler co- competitor. Um, maybe a little bit of a calling for you. Did, did I see that right, or uh, do you think you have a future in coaching and working with kids later on? Yeah, I love working with kids, especially ones that are really interested in learning and becoming better, uh, but they're just funny. I mean, little kids say funny stuff, and you know, as they as you get older, then uh, it's cool to work with the ones you can pick up the technique that you're teaching and stuff like that. But I mean, I don't know. I'm not exactly sure what I'll do, but I, whenever I do something like that, I just want to do it um, with my whole heart and give 100% effort to everyone who's there and try to make them better and try to have them have a good time while they're doing it. So I try and go as hard as I can in those things for that reason and that's awesome do you um do you have any plans that you you'd like to do after after your wrestling career some people talk about MMA and I know you've said that at Worlds you said you don't want to do that at all but how about college coaching or coaching at RTC or something like that where do you see yourself after wrestling I'm not 100% sure I might I I I really uh lord willing I can compete for a long time because uh, that's I, I love practice and I love wrestling and training and um, competition so that's really exciting for me but I don't really know what I would do after I, I see a lot of the stuff that coaches have to do and um, it seems like coaching is going to get even more difficult in the upcoming years because of different rules changing with paying athletes and stuff like that and I'm sure that'll make recruiting harder and uh so I don't know if I'd want to do that maybe uh work in ministry in some sort um but let's see um so moving on to your your high school career one of the things that sticks out to me is your Fargo with with Jaden Cox when you wrestled him I think four times um that weekend could you just talk a little bit about that that weekend and, and how that went? And did you ever hear of Jaden Cox before then? Yeah, I heard of Jaden before because, you know, there was some good 
215 or 220 pounders in my weight, but um, he was he stood out because he was like really athletic for mm-hmm. how big he was. And he, I was like, man, I didn't know that there was another guy out there who was, you know, this athletic and could shoot and move and get his legs back and sprawl and different types of stuff like that. So yeah, especially when, freshman too, because um, yeah. y'all were both freshmen dressing cadet. Yeah, he might have been a sophomore. Really? Wrestling cadet? Yeah. At Fargo? Okay. Yeah, I think he was a year older than me. So, yeah, so then we wrestled two years. We wrestled our first year, we wrestled twice, and then the second year we wrestled twice again. I think we split both times, but he was good, and he still is good, obviously. So, continues to get better. Did you, uh, was it a... You won Greco both years, and he won freestyle, or did you split the styles, too? I think we split the styles, too. Oh, wow, that's yeah. crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, then, and then you guys both ended up being kind of rivals for a little while there in college when, when you were 97, and then now you're teammates on the on the world scene um, and train and practice together pretty frequently. Um, and then your senior year, you made the decision to – uh, move over to the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. Uh, how did that How did that decision come about? When was the first time you ever thought of of moving away from home to to Colorado? Yeah, so I uh, I wrestled in the field of juniors in Wisconsin my sophomore year of high school, and I ended up taking I think third place or fourth place, something like that. And uh, Coach Lay and Coach Attic reached out to me about moving out there for my senior year of high school after that. So I kind of had my whole junior season to think about it and made the decision somewhere in the middle of uh, my junior season at uh, Good Council High School. And it was an easy decision because I had pretty much done everything I could, but the training partners that I had uh, in Maryland, and I knew that I'd be provided better environment in uh the Colorado Springs with um you know world and Olympic champions as coaches and training alongside the current world team members and all that so at the time were you committed to Ohio State I committed to Ohio State uh January 1st of my junior year okay uh so so that decision did come about did that did that um college commitment have anything to do with your move or um, no I think I made the decision to move out there before then okay yeah um so what were what were some other schools that you were considering uh for college and why why Ohio State I was considering Penn State West Point Virginia Tech Oklahoma State Maryland and Ohio State those are the schools that I was thinking about and um, I chose Ohio State at the time. A big, a big reason why was the RTC that they had there. Keith Gavin, uh, Keith Gavin, J.D. Bergman, Terrell DeLognev, Mike Casillo, uh, Nick Heflin. There was a lot of guys uh, that were training and competing to become, you know, Olympic champions, world champions, and uh, I knew that those guys would be able to push me and make me a uh, better wrestler. So that's why I did it. Along, yeah. along with, I really like the coaching staff there, uh, Jaggers and Tom Ryan and uh, Lou Roselli was there at the time. 
and Coach Ross Thatcher. I really like them a lot, and I I uh, thought that with the recruiting class we can't coming in that we'd have a pretty good shot at winning uh, NCAA championships every year I was there. Was Was Travell still uh, an RTC athlete when you were there, or when you were he thinking? Was. Yep. Yep. He became a coach after the 2016 Olympics. So, um, how, how much did you know him prior to, to your commitment to Ohio State? And then, and then how did that relationship with him develop? Because you guys are this close right now still. And, um, huh. that's pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, I knew him a little bit, you know, he'd come out to camp and stuff like that. And, uh, we, uh, got to know each other there when he was coming to Colorado Springs, but definitely started to get to know him better as I moved out to Ohio State because he was one of my main training partners and I was one of his main training partners and I tried my best to help him and he definitely helped me a ton. So uh, that's really where it all started. That's awesome. So um, you're, you, you trained in an amazing environment your senior year of high school, the OTC, and then you moved straight from there to another amazing environment at Ohio State. What were some differences in training or coaching at all um, from the OTC to Ohio State? Oh, well, there was like more of a team aspect yeah. at Ohio State, you know. So at the Olympic Training Center, it was very individualized. You know, there was only six or eight guys in the room, and there was three, three coaches in practice, you know, most of the time. So – very individual, working on specific technique that you need to work on. Whereas at Ohio State, there's 30 guys plus the RTC guys. So you kind of lump everybody together and work on things that uh, you think they, people need as a whole, as a group. I mean, there's still some individual work, but I would say that's the biggest difference. You know, the training was, um, I would say, pretty similar. We probably, we did more running and conditioning at Ohio State uh, than I did at the Olympic Training Center. So moving from Maryland to the uh, OTC, comparing that jump in your wrestling to the jump from moving to OTC to Ohio State, which one do you think was a bigger jump in your wrestling? I'd definitely say moving from Maryland to the OTC. (laughs) Because by the time I wrestled at the Olympic Training Center for a year, I was all, I was ready for collegiate wrestling. But when I first got out to OTC, there was a lot of learning to be done. Uh, so who who were the coaches at the OTC at the time that that really poured into you then? Bill Zadick, Brandon Slay, and Zeke Jones were the coaches. Okay. Yeah. And was um Kevin Jackson out there at the time? He was not. He was not. When did when did he move out there? Coach KJ got the job in 2017, uh, 2018 or 17. Uh, oh, 2017. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Um. All right. So your your freshman year at Ohio State, you kind of had a really really awesome year, especially for a true freshman. You made it to the NCAA finals, and then kind of had a heartbreaking loss to Kevin Gaz in the finals. Uh, how how big an effect did that play on your mindset and your wrestling moving on? Yeah, I mean, I've been working on, on opening up more and competing uh, more freely, kind of like the way that I do in practice. 
but it was just tough to make that adjustment during the collegiate season. I was still holding on to things and protecting stuff. But then after that loss, I had more time to kind of just reflect on the way that I wanted to compete and wrestle. And uh, I got a lot stronger after the NCAA season, and that helped me uh, compete internationally. So um, definitely sparked some assessment mm-hmm. in the way that I'm thinking about competing. And I always train hard, so that's really not that bit that I don't that's not too big of an issue for me ever. But um it helped me mentally, yeah, to continue to pursue uh, competing more freely. So that summer, you kind of, I mean, um, no disrespect to Kevin Gadsden, but you went from being behind Kevin Gadsden to jumping, returning Olympic champ Jake Varner and then Gadisov at Worlds. What was the switch that, that you made um, that spring, that summer, to, to be able to jump your wrestling game that big? Yeah, I think a lot of it was mental. mental. In the room, I was wrestling with, like I said, Travell and JD, and those were some of the top guys in the world. And, um, you know, I I was doing well with them. I'd say I did better with JD than Travell, definitely. But And JD was always a contender to make the team in the United States. Mm-hmm. So, and had made a couple world teams himself. Um, so, I'd say it definitely mentally was the biggest thing. And then also... I grew in my faith. I committed. I feel like around that time was when I fully committed to Christ and uh, really started studying the Bible more and trying to become more obedient and do things his way. And I've just been growing ever since then, which has been really cool. But I think that uh, had a big impact on the way that I competed and the results of that tournament. Um, was Was that a a result of your loss that you kind of you turned it to God in the Bible or was that more of a, a thing that Tervell kind of walked you through or, or some guys at, at Ohio state? Um, my strength coach told me to, uh, I needed that, that I needed to really commit that it's either a hundred percent or nothing. So, uh, I, um, and I think, yeah, you know, the loss, definitely helped point me to that direction because it was painful and I didn't really know how to handle it and I was young and so that all yeah played a role in it that's awesome and then and then you were able to compete uh more freely you had you had a a real mission in in life um Hmm. once that kind of happened for your for your world championships yeah Um, so you're, you you kind of knew, because you were wrestling J.D. Bergman in the room, you kind of knew where you stood on the world scene, kind of, because he was in contention with Jake Varner, um, and Jake Varner was right up there with, with the best in the world. Um, speaking of which, are you are you training with Jake Varner now? Is he still in the room wrestling? Yeah. Yep, he's still so, uh, here. Yep, that, yep. That's pretty cool that you went from 2015 being kind of rivals with him, and now you're training partners. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, so moving on to your sophomore year, something that I'm really interested in is your move to heavyweight. Um, and I, I believe you said that, that when you were in your recruiting stage at Penn State, Kale wanted you to go heavyweight. Yeah. And, uh, and you told him you were going to be a 97. Yeah. Um, but then the thing that I'm really interested in is 
97 kilos, a little over 213. Yes. And so you were wrestling in the wintertime, 197, and then in the summer you'd kind of gain a little bit of weight for the freestyle scene. Right. Would be going from below to you go be going up for the freestyle scene, and then when you moved, you were going down for the freestyle scene. So it wasn't just 97 to heavyweight. It was 97 up to 213, back down to 97, up to 285. So it, it was a little bit of a more complicated jump than it was if it was just college wrestling. Why, why, why did you make that decision, and, uh, and what, what were the details in that? Yeah, I mean, it was actually it was pretty simple. I loved to lift and get strong, and I didn't think that I got bigger after my freshman year. I was up to like 225, 230, and I just didn't think that uh, cutting down to 197 would be good for me internationally. And I thought that I could win at heavyweight. I thought that even if the guys were bigger than me, I could still win. So um, that year you kind of had two decisions to make, and that was moving up to heavyweight and taking an Olympic redshirt or not because you had just come off a world title. You were number one in the world. And you had the chance to take an Olympic red shirt and, and really focus on that Olympic title. Um, and that was kind of the decision for the first semester, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah, for the first semester, I was Olympic red shirting. Um, what what came about that made you want to change that decision? Was it the team aspect or, or you just felt like the college season prepared you very well for the, for the freestyle scene? Yeah, it was basically the team. Coach Ryan said that uh, it would be best for the team if I came back and competed and uh I told him I'd do it so he uh just walked in the hallway one day and he was smiling at me real weird and whenever he does that I know something's on his mind so I asked him what's going on and he said come into my office and then he told me he'd like me to you know take pull my Olympic red shirt and compete this year at the big tens and the nationals and uh I was like yeah, I'll do it. You know, I talked to my parents a little bit about it and then decided to do it. So once I made the decision, there was no looking back, um, no excuses, just go out there and compete. And then that year you were wrestling the the defending champ, B. Gwizdowski. Um And so that was kind of a super match. Everybody's looking forward to that. You had the guy moving up from 197 who had decided to take an Olympic red shirt and then Pulled, pulled the shirt off, and then you were wrestling in the super match against Gwizdowski that was overtime and, and just a historic match. So yeah. how, did, how did um how did that mindset go about? Because you went from all focuses on freestyle, I'm trying to make an Olympic team and, and win that event, to, oh, now I'm winning for my team. I've got Gwizdowski to, to game plan for. Did you do any game planning at all? And then and then you kind of jumped right in and then had a battle with him in the NCAA finals. Well, me and Gwiz had trained a good bit together uh, in that summer, so I didn't need a game plan for him, really. I knew what he was going to wrestle like, and um, we had wrestled a lot of live minutes against each other, so I was familiar with his style, um, and the goal was still the same. I wasn't I wasn't thinking about, uh, you know, when I was wrestling at the NCAAs, of course I wanted to help our team, but still what was in my mind was making the Olympic team and then 
trying to win a gold medal at the Olympics. So I was doing everything in light of that, uh, even at those tournaments. And I still, I, I really didn't train folk style at all. I knew I'd be able to get off the bottom if I needed to. And um, I just wrestled on my feet pretty much. Yeah, that's that's kind of has been your style throughout college. Um, one of the guys, you, you're one of the guys that just take them down, cut them. You're, you're freestyle bred pretty much. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Varner, or, uh, we've talked about Varner, you, you competed against, and now you're training with him. We talked about Cox, you competed against, and now you're training with him. And Gwiz is one of those guys that I know he's frequently at the NLWC. And, uh, and then you also train with him, um, through the world team stage, national team camps and stuff like that. So there's, there's three guys that you were kind of rivals with, and now you're good buddies with and training partners. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so that I, I'm kind of going back a little bit that season at the at the yard and what what time of year was the yard in that 2016? January. January. So it was. Had you decided to um to pull your Olympic red shirt yet? I either did it right before then or right after it. Okay. Um. So you headed over to the to the yard and um. And and lost to, did you lose in the semifinals to Boltekayev? Yes. Okay. Um. And Varner was on the opposite side, and made it to the finals. So you finished behind. You got. You ended up getting bronze, finishing behind Varner and Boltekayev. Did that change any mindset or, or any game planning that you thought you might have to do for Varner or Boltekayev, um, for the for that year? No, I was happy I got to wrestle Boltekayev, and it would have been cool to wrestle Varner. Uh, in the finals, but um, I feel like I always do better with people as I continue to wrestle them. Uh, so I knew I'd have to fix some finishing. Uh, I had some issues with that, and um, but he was on. Boltekai is a good wrestler, so I knew it would be a tough match if we competed against each other again. Mhm. Um. So. You ended up making that team again, beating Varner super close, um, and then you you went to the Olympics for the first time. Uh, what was that? What was that experience like? People say a lot of times talk about how the Olympics wrestling is a lot of times the same, but the atmosphere is a lot different than Worlds. Uh, what was that like for you? And uh, did you watch any other sports where you were there? Was it any different? Yeah, it was different because, because you know you walk in the opening ceremonies and. I mean, the world championships and the Olympics are very similar uh, in regards to what, uh, who you're competing against and that type of stuff. But uh, they're also very different because there's just a lot more prestige at the Olympics. You know, people uh, really just care more about the Olympic Games. So it makes it more exciting for the competitors and preparing for it. There's more attention and stuff like that, which is all fun and and it's not why I do it, but it's still fun and cool to experience that different type of stuff. So, um, yeah, I never went. I didn't go. I was the, the last event um, at the Olympics. And uh, I was actually, I think, the last, yeah, the last medal for Team mm-hmm. USA. So I didn't get to go to any other sports. I just went there and trained and then competed. Um. So what? How well did USA do that that year as a team? 
I uh, so Travell took fifth. I took gold. Jaden took bronze. Jordan uh, didn't medal. Um, Molinero took fifth, and then Dennis didn't medal either. So, um, overall, it was a solid year. Three medals um, with you, Cox, and then um, there were three medals. And 65 was Metcalf. Molinero. It was Molinero. He took fifth. So, you had two medals, and you and Cox, and then two fifths. Um, yep. Solid year, but the jump from two medals to first the next year, what do you think was the – was the biggest change in American wrestling because going from two medals to three golds and and uh, just just killing it the next year. What was, what was the difference? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, it was a similar team. Uh, you know, we had Gwiz at heavyweight, Rutherford at 65, uh, Gilman at 57, um, you know, Logan at 61 and. You know, so we, the team was similar, but I don't know. I mean, I think guys just wrestled closer to their capability. And, um, I mean, I would say everyone was prepared for the Olympics, just like they were for the world championships. But, yeah, guys just competed competed a little bit better that weekend for some reason. Not sure why. Um, so, moving back to your, to your college career, um, 2017, the season of 2017, so it was 16 and 17, was was kind of the first year where you came in, looked at as the undisputed favorite um, for your weight class, and with Medbury behind you. Um, what was that like? Was it any different? Did it, did it feel any better? Did you compete any better? Did you hold on to your to your title, or, or was anything any different for that year? No, it all felt pretty similar. I mean. I mean especially because of my high school career and I was a favorite in you know, most of my matches in high school. So I've been, that, been in that position for a long time and it, it felt normal. You know, I didn't feel like, uh, there was more pressure or anything like that because it was kind of been that way for a long time. Um, and then the super matchup was, was kind of laid out for that freestyle season, um, with Sajulayev. He moved up from 86 you had won the uh, Worlds and Olympics, and he had dominated 86. He moved up, and it was, it was all hyped up, and everything was set for you. And then, not to mention, Team Russia and Team USA were tied at the time of your match. It was the last one. Yeah. And all the pressure was on you, except I'm sure you really didn't feel much pressure when you, when you were getting ready to compete. Why was that? And uh, is that something you feel is a little bit special about you, or do you think – most competitors feel that where they're able to kind of shirk the pressure. Well, I think uh, what helps me with that is my faith. You know, I just trust God that uh, the result is going to be what's best for me, not in regards to making more money or winning more medals, but in regards to becoming more like him. And that's my number one focus. So uh, I just wanted to compete as hard as I could and learn the lessons that he wanted me to learn. And uh, he, uh, just supplied me with the strength and the conditioning and the power and the mindset to be able to compete really hard. So I was really happy with the way that I wrestled that match and um, the effort that I put into it. So I I really, uh, I was excited. I wasn't nervous about the team race. I wasn't nervous that he was 
had won a lot of medals and stuff like that. I was just excited for the match. And that was uh that was very evident when you came out there. You were excited. You you were bouncing around. And then when you started the match, you kind of just ran through them. Ended up giving up an exposure, and you ran back to the center. Just <laughs> right to go. That was funny. Yeah. Um, so you won that one. Team USA won their first uh, gold since the year you were born, 1995. Um, yeah. So that was – I'm sure that was very, very cool for you. And then your senior year, you were again came into uh, nationals as the favorite – came into the season as a favorite. Um, but Kuhn kind of came up and, and surprised everybody with his return. Um, and then something that I thought was interesting was – when you lost to him at the or no, when you lost to him in the duel uh, against Michigan, you said you'd done the most game planning for him that you've ever done for anybody for um, for the Big Tens and then the Nationals. Why why do you think he required so much game planning compared to anybody else that you wrestled? And kind of talk about the aspect of game planning. Why you think a lot of people don't don't like game planning and why it's important for some wrestlers. I like game planning. I used to not like it. Now I I like game planning for the different guys that I wrestle against because uh, I just last. I think it makes you a little more prepared for the things that they do. And um, you know, of course, they can hit different technique and wrestle in a different way. But for the most part, people are going to wrestle in a similar way. Uh, but for Kuhn, I I game plan because typically I just wrestle with uh, with a really offensive mindset, and I t- take a lot of shots and. Um, that's the way I want to compete, but against Kuhn, I had to be a little more, uh, strategic in the way that I shot and the way that I finished and all that, uh, different type of stuff. So, um, I couldn't get underneath of him and, uh, finish on people, finish on him like I would on normal guys because of how big he was and how athletic he was. And, uh, so I just had to be smarter. Um, that came into play. And you had a guy that was that was very big and very athletic in your room as, as kind of a coach and a partner for you in Tervell. So and he's also one of the best game planners there is. So you kind of had that that set up for you pretty pretty well. Um, and you were able to win a pretty dramatic match as the last one. Um, and a little bit different situation because the team race was huge that year and um in college and everybody thought that it was going to come down to your match and it was going to be whether you could beat Kuhn and the last time you were one and one he beat you in the duel you beat him like quadruple overtime at big tens yeah so it was it was very hyped up and um it ended up not the team race not being a factor for that match but still it was kind of in your mind getting ready for it it was kind of still there in your mind that day and, and leading up to the match. Right. Uh, so you kind of won a dramatic way. You got that throw by off his shot. Um, I, I believe that was in the third period, right? Yep. Right before time, time went out. Um, so after that year, it was your senior year. You finished up three NCAA titles, great college career, four time all American for Ohio state. Um, and then some of those cool was, you, Bo Jordan, and Nate Tomasello all finished four-time All-Americans. And actually, you and Tomasello kind of had mere careers where 
he won his freshman year, you lost your freshman year, and then he lost the next three, and you won the next three. So it was it was kind of interesting that way. But um, that summer, you had Kyvin Gadsden once again uh, to, to make the world team, and you made it, had Sag Live, had Snyder Lyev, too, was, uh, was, was the battle. Um, and it ended kind of in another heartbreaking way. You got, got pinned again in the biggest matchup. Um, magnitude was high and everything. But it, you seem to take it so much different than you did when you got pinned by Kyvin Gadsden in 2015. Um, what do you attribute that to, and why do you think you're able to to handle losses and, and set back so much better now. I, tr- I attribute it to Christ, my faith in him and how it's grown. Yeah, I mean, after Kyvin pinned me, it was a couple weeks before I was over it and felt normal, and I was just sad. And I'm typically a happy person. I don't hold on to things very long, but I was uh, hurt after that. But even after losing the Soldier Live this year, I mean, last year and Sharifov this year, I mean, I want to win every match I compete in, and I'm training uh, with that in mind, and I believe that I can, but if I don't, it's all good because God's doing everything uh, for the benefit of those who love him, and I definitely love him, and I'm trying to be as obedient as I can, and uh, I mean, if, if glorifying him means taking a loss in a mature way, a way that Christ would take it, then that's the way I'll that's the way I'll do it. So, um, so you you kind of went 2015. You uh, it it took you very long to to get over a loss, and then 2019, you didn't need any time. You got up and, and accepted it, and it was it was for your benefit and for God's glory. Um, you you made a very fast jump in that journey with Christ. Where why why do you think you were able to um? go so fast and mature in your, in your faith journey so quickly? Well, I, I, I put a lot of effort into it. You know, I mean, uh, God gives us his spirit, um, but we have to submit to his spirit if we want to experience change. And the spirit's definitely stronger than any other force that uh, could come against us. But if we don't submit to it, then it's of really no value to us. Um, so, I just decided that I was going to live the life, uh, live the Christian life out, live, live my life by faith and focus on uh, what is eternal and uh, spiritual and uh, set my mind on those things and study his word and pray more. And he's just been uh, blessed me with abundance. You know, he's blessed me with more peace, more joy the ability to endure more, uh, more steadfastness, able to handle things that might be difficult for other people in a way that's easy for me. So that's where that comes from. That's awesome. Um, so after, after that, after your college season, that was kind of in the season that your first loss to Snyder, Sedulayev was um, kind of in the time where you had graduated from college, and it was a switch in your training a little bit and your school schedule, and and then you signed with Curtis, and that was a big deal, and you, you got to spend a lot of time with them. Um, what was the biggest change? Because obviously there were a lot of external changes um, to your life in 2018. 
what was the biggest train in your, change in your wrestling and your training? Anything uh, that you felt af- after you graduated from college, you signed with Rudis and everything was going on there? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of stuff, stuff like that going on. I mean, it's it was all good, and they did a great job just trying to help me uh, continue to focus on wrestling and that they would take care of everything else. So, um, yeah, I mean, the biggest change I would say is I, uh, you know, no longer had the college season to think about and uh, get prepared for, but I have more time to work uh, in the international freestyle training. Now, I've heard some guys like uh, Spencer Lee says he thinks that uh, the college season helped him prepare for that. And he really he really does think that that's that's a good way to uh, to be ready for the freestyle season. Was that a good thing for you think getting separated from the college season to be able to focus on your freestyle wrestling or or did you think that the college season was was very beneficial for you compared to just focusing on freestyle? I would say it would be better just to focus on freestyle. I mean, you do it because it's fun and you get to wrestle in awesome tournaments and on great teams. But, I mean, it would make sense to me that if you just train freestyle and wrestled internationally and uh, focus on that, you'd be a little bit better at it. I mean, who knows? Because most guys do the collegiate way, but, yeah. Um. Okay, so... I kind of want to ask you about wrestling Kevin Gadsden because you've wrestled him in the World Team Trials or Final X now um, since 2017 um, when when Varner retired and uh, and all those guys kind of left. Have have there been any changes in those matches because they've looked fairly similar? Like, well, in 2017 you you teched him, but it looked like he was opening up um, against you a little bit more than he does now. Um, have there been any changes in those matches, or is it is it still the same since 2017? I mean, I think he's better than he was when he was in 2017. And, you know, I don't think uh, – I don't really think people give Kaiva too too much credit when he wrestles me, um, I guess because of the way that it's gone. But I, th- I think Kaivin is a good wrestler, and uh, he does well internationally. He's had big wins. He can wrestle against some of the top guys, so – um, you know, he's, he, uh, and he'll continue to improve and try to figure out ways to beat me, I'm sure. So I always got to be prepared when I wrestle against him because I know that, um, he's trying his best to figure me out, figure mm-hmm. the world out. So, uh, he's a good wrestler. Um, so getting, getting into your move to uh, State College for the NLWC. Um, just, we'll finish up here. Um, we, we talked about it a little bit at the beginning. Um, you're in State College now. When when did you first think about leaving the Ohio, Ohio RTC and Ohio State? Um, you know, I think after the world championships, uh, I reached out to Kale and asked if I could come meet and talk about uh, – just their training environment and what they offer. And uh, I really liked what they had to say and then went back and met with the Ohio state coaches and made the decision. Um, did you, had you have a fairly, any, any relationship with the coach there, Casey Cunningham or, or Kale? 
Cody. Yeah, I've worked with them because, yeah, because you know, when you're on these senior world teams, they're at camp and they're overseas with you. So you spend a lot of time with them. And, I mean, I don't know them as well as I do uh, these Ohio State coaches that I've been with for a long time, but I know them pretty well. Um, and then anybody that, like, partners David Taylor was there, Jake Varner, anybody that you were kind of pretty close with um, before the move? Yeah, I'm close with Noel and Nickel and Taylor and uh, I mean a lot of the guys that are here because I've spent time training training here beforehand. But I would say those guys are the ones that I'm closest with. Um, and then how or in what areas do you think this will this will benefit your wrestling? Because Penn State has a, a little bit different style than than most schools and RTCs have, and they're they kind of wrestle free and and they do a different type of training regimen. Um, how do you think this will benefit your wrestling and add another layer to it? I think that uh, this new perspective and new um, eyes and ways of thinking about the sport will be uh, good for me. And, you know, change being put into a tough environment where not only are wrestling, you know, really good partners and have good coaches looking at you, but it's also just the change and change. Uh, change in environment is also good for change in wrestling so uh i think that i can become more diverse here uh one more a little bit less serious question um and that is comparing the style of wrestling it at ohio state they have a lot of lifting and strength work um and then yet Dustin Myers, big strength guy for a higher RTC and everything. And then you kind of move to Penn State where they don't they don't focus as much on lifting and strength there. Um, I know David Taylor said when he was in college he never lifted anything. And then they're, they're kind of known for their wrestling um, and how they, they kind of stay away from the strength stuff. Are you going to keep lifting and, and stuff like that in State College or are you going to kind of move away from that? I always lift. I love oh. lifting. I, th- I thought you would. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love lifting, so I'll continue to lift. It makes me feel uh, better and stronger, and as I get stronger, hopefully I can end matches quicker. Oh, yeah. And then uh, there are those overseas people who uh, are wondering, like, why Kyle Snyder lifts so much? <laughs> but, you know, I, I, I think it's funny, but I also think that, Lifting is, is very important, um, especially for some people, um, because I do understand some people don't don't like lifting and, and having all that muscle mass. But, um, yeah. yeah. Well, Kyle, thanks so much for coming on to the show. I really I really enjoyed it, and I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you, Sam. Sam I appreciate it. it. Have a good Have day. Good. All right, you too. Take care. You too. Yeah. Hey guys, if you love listening to our podcast, then you're going to love the pictures at wrestlersorwarriors.com. Tony Rotundo is a great friend of ours and his photos are fantastic. Go see him for yourself at wrestlersorwarriors.com. That's wrestlersorwarriors.com.